You're listening to the Justin C. Gleason Podcast. Please press follow and become a loyal listener. Select a five-star rating and support by giving through Cash App, PayPal, or Venmo at Justin C. Gleason. Thank you for listening, sharing, and your generosity. say thank you to everyone that's praying I know a lot of people are praying churches all over the world a lot of messages we get texts I want to say thank you for all the prayers all the support it means a lot to us and uh, I want to say that all the church people are safe our family are safe and God's protection is on, on all of us we see miracles and uh, we're not giving up. We believe in the power of God and we believe that God is going to bring and give victory to Ukraine. You are listening to the sounds of our brothers and sisters from the Apostolic Church in the nation of Ukraine during this war with Russia. Mm, it's real. China brought sickness to the world, and it's now Russia who has brought war to Ukraine, and Russia may also bring war to the world. I mean, there are people out there right now that are, that are saying it and prophesying it, that this is the end. You know, the end is now. It's like two years all over again. COVID hit. It's the end of the world, you know. For a few days, I thought it might be. I was worried. I was terrified. But I had a God moment. And I'm waiting on my God moment right now with this war with Russia. It's not there yet. But I tell you what, I have drawn strength from just seeing the bravery and the resilience of the Ukrainian people. And it has pushed me to pray. It has pushed me to dig deep and study in the Bible. It has driven me, amen, to want to advance and further the kingdom of God. It has pushed me to be sure that me and my house are saved. It has pushed me to dig deep within myself to search inside of my heart if there is anything unclean in me to get it out. I've been doing my own season of repenting, my own season of consecration. And I think that's what we should be doing when times are like this. It's no time really to celebrate. 
It's not really a time to have a whole lot of fun. But instead, it's a time to watch. It's a time to pray. Look, I get it. (laughs) I'm seeing people on social media. There are single people out there that think it's the end of the world and they're rushing to get married. (laughs) Just, uh, guys, don't order one of those uh, uh, mail-order Russian brides. (laughs) You know, they they shut down Netflix in Russia. That's going to make them all mad. Can't get their movies, their entertainment. Uh, Shut down their credit cards or whatever. What if they've shut down those mail order brides? Oh my goodness! And, and what I just did there is what I've been doing the past two weeks. It's like I I get emotional, I get serious, very melancholy, and then I start laughing. It's I've got so many mixed emotions right now with this war. I I, I don't I don't know what to do. I literally don't know what to do with myself during this time. Oh, God's got to help us. You know, Jesus said there would be wars, earthquakes, famines, pestilences. Read Luke 21. He said all these things, they're going to happen, and they're going to start happening at the same time, all of them. And he said when you see these things, it's not a sign that the end is now, that that it draws near. He said false prophets are going to get up and say that. But Jesus said one thing is for certain, that when you do see these signs, church, don't drink. Don't backslide. Don't get out and start carousing, but instead look up because your redemption is drawing nigh. The rapture is going to come before the judgment. That's what Jesus shows us in Luke 21. Redemption is going to come before the judgment. When you see all of these things, it should motivate you to want to get right with the Lord. It should motivate you to want to change your ways. It should motivate you to look around and realize, I don't have any hope in this world. These things that these old preachers preached to me when I was a kid, they're coming to pass right here, right now, right before my very eyes. We've been through a season of pestilence. And now we're in a season where we could be on the brink of world war. Get it together and be ready for the coming of the Lord. It's the best news I can give you. The best advice that I could give you. The best thing that I could ever say on this podcast. It is be ready for the coming of the Lord. Two weeks ago, I brought to you content about this sudden invasion as suddenly as COVID appeared upon the earth, so has war suddenly also appeared upon the earth. You know what's interesting? It seems like COVID is vanishing. I remember God spoke to me about this in the summer of 2020. I I brought it to this podcast. I published it on my social media platforms. It was a longer prophecy, but one of the first lines God gave to me was, as mysteriously as the plague arrived, so shall it depart. That's not over yet. People are still getting COVID, and people are still sick, and it's something we should still take very seriously. But you noticed a lot of the restrictions are starting to really disappear. I'm getting messages from some of my friends around town. Big, huge, beautiful 
uh, business parks, business complexes that were built brand new just a few years ago that were vacated for the last two years. Our, the parking lot is now full. Oh, one guy sent me an audio text. It was like 7 a.m. He said, bro, I'm pulling up to the office and the parking lot is packed. COVID is over. Well, if I guess that's what war does. Uh, it ends a crisis and introduces another. I don't know. But I brought to you some content a few weeks ago about some things that I uh, have observed about Russia and about Putin and I got a, an email from Jeremiah. And he said to me at justincgleason at gmail.com on February 25th, 2022. He said, hey, Pastor Gleason, I'm a big fan of the show. My wife is Ukrainian and her family started the first UPCI church in the country of Ukraine in 1995, my father-in-law was the founding pastor, and now my two brothers are the current pastors. My mother and father-in-law are associate missionaries through the UPCI and are the only missionaries in Ukraine right now. Mm. They were told many times, suggested that they leave, but they felt they should stay because that is where they needed to be. I'd like to give you my personal perspective on what's going on in Ukraine. Hopefully, this doesn't come off as offensive. If it does, just read it again. <laughs> Vladimir Putin has laws against Christian and evangelism as promoted only orthodoxy for a while now. Hmm. The Apostolic Church in Ukraine is centralized in Kiev that has over 40 preaching points across the country. Hmm. Come on, church. The saints have had to go into hiding or take up arms. Many of the men in the church have been called to fight and have left their wives and their kids to do so. Neighborhoods have been destroyed. The children are afraid to even sleep because they don't want to be hurt by the airplanes. Oh, my God. My brothers have been reinstated in the third phase of the draft, and they legally cannot leave. In all of this, the church has been protected and we're having unified prayer online from any safe place we can find every day at noon our time. I really hope that you and your church can join us in unified prayer for God's will and the protection of the people of Ukraine. The will of God at any cost. Mm. Wow. I cried when I read that email. I did. Brother Jeremiah, I want to first of all thank you for being a loyal listener. And uh, man, I love your sense of humor. <laughs> Especially during this horrible time, man. God is, he's giving you strength. And uh, you know, you gave me a taste of my own medicine right there. If, if this offends you, read it again. <laughs> I do like to say that, but of course, no offense uh, taken at all. Um, yeah, I gave some of my perspective and things I researched on Vladimir Putin, but, you know, of course, you know more than I do. You're over there. Your perspective is, is right and mine is wrong. Yeah, I've, I've kind of admired uh, Vladimir Putin, Putin for putting orthodoxy back in the schools. You know, he's pro-life and 
and mocks climate change. You know, he, there's some things that he is for that I'm kind of for politically, but uh, my stance <laughs> on my view of him has drastically changed. And I know he is no friend of your country and no friend of, of the church in Ukraine. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on there, bro. I'm telling you. Uh, man, you, your brothers, your family, your in-laws, your awesome church, uh, you people are brave. And your love and patriotism for your country is so inspiring. And um, I just want to say historically that the church as a whole thrives under conditions like this. We thrive under turmoil. And uh, there is an aspect of this war that is being fought for religion over Russian orthodoxy, right? And so with all of that, may the true church and the true Jesus prevail. And you do have my prayers, and our church is praying for you all. I led a prayer for you all this past Wednesday night, and I really could feel like we were up against something. I'll tell you what, I did, so I know. The enemy is at work, but greater is he that is within us than he that's in the world, right? In Jesus' name, praise God. You know, I, let me tell you, the, I remember when I first heard about the possibility of an invasion. I was reading it in the news and saw things on social media I knew there were people lifting up prayers unto the Lord. And this was, I don't know, maybe the first or second week of February, I started praying about Ukraine. And from time to time, the best way I can describe it is my mind's ear. You know, everybody has a mind's eye. You have daydreams and little things come to your mind that you see. Well, I have, we all have it. We all have it. But I, I just call it the mind's ear. I could hear audibly in the thought of my mind prayers, but not in English, in the what I found out to be the Ukrainian language. I don't know that language. I think I used to work with a, a Ukrainian, and uh, she taught me how to say hello. I think it's zraste. Jeremiah messaged me back and see if I said it right. I think it means hello. I'm probably way off. I, this was like over 20 years ago, old job I had. Maybe way off, but I know what your language sounds like. I can't speak about it. I, I know what that sounds like, if that makes sense. I can hear your prayers. Hundreds of thousands of people in my ears when I pray for your country. What I'm really hearing is I'm getting a glimpse of what God hears. The Lord hears your prayers. He's inhabiting those prayers. Angels are going to work with those prayers. And I've, I've seen it on the news. There's stories here and there of uh, Russian soldiers all of a sudden for no reason, just boom, fleeing in fear in territories and areas where their tanks are bigger, they've outnumbered the Ukrainian people, and all of a sudden the Russians just seem to be terrified and they run away. Uh, I saw a story of uh, reports of Russians turning on each other, turning on each other and more. Sounds a lot like the Bible to me. That's what God would do. He would confound the enemies. Uh, there's stories of people praying for help when there's about to be a bomb and a big light appears and the Russian planes fly away. Uh, 
mysteriously Russian soldiers are running out of food. They're running out of fuel. They're running out of supplies. All these things that are no way they are coincidence. But it's just signs here and there. When the people pray in the place they pray, God is with them. Do you know what, Ukraine church? Stay strong. I know you're tired, but keep on fighting. Wait upon the Lord. And God is going to help you to fly swiftly, really high like an eagle, and help you during this time. In Jesus' name. And I agree with you, the will of God at any cost. At the end of the day, kings and kingdoms, they'll all pass away. They really will. But one thing's for sure, our citizenship in heaven will never pass away. Of the increase of his government for Messiah, there will be no end. Isaiah prophesied. Uh, one day my USA passport is going to be destroyed <laughs> in the judgment. I won't need it anymore. Because I'm going to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. And I know you are too. That's what we hope for. But in the meantime, while we're here on this earth, love your country. Love your country. Amen. I remember on Wednesday night, February 23rd, after service, I went and got some dinner. And I sat down and kicked on the news. And Laura Ingram was on there. You know, Laura Ingram is a... A pretty solid, uh, sometimes really in your face, really bombastic sometimes. And I, I like it. I think she uh, presents uh, great facts, good opinions, and has great insight in the news. But if you remember her that night, I could see the look of terror in her eyes. And she had a hard time in some spots there finding words to even say with what was beginning to happen in this Russian invasion. And I remember she brought up something that that day, February 23rd, it's like a, a Russian holiday, something about defender of the fatherland, something like that. And I've never seen the look of terror in her eyes and in other news reporters and the sounds of their voice. I mean, it was like, whoa, this is real. This is happening. You know, for up until that time, it was just a rumor of war, but it became real. And we've seen now who Putin really is. You know, nobody is who they say they are. People are who they have always been. And I think we're seeing who Putin has always been. Look, I'll just be honest with you. I, I don't talk about politics much on this show. Uh, this is a God, Bible, and church show. But let me let me detour a little bit off, off track here, okay? Okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a patriot. I love the United States of America. I pray for every president. I've never, I don't put my words on presidents. Try to respect, uh, respect them. If I disagree, dis disagree with them respectfully. I try, you know, you just got to do what you can, you know, right? I mean, you look at the early church, the politics that they had to deal with. Did they talk trash about their Caesars? Not much. Uh, and if they did, their life was over pretty quick after that. I mean, you look at John. Uh, goes up to one of the Herods and says, hey, bro, it's not lawful for you to have your wife. And then, boom, over. You know, there's consequences when you put your words on a leader. I'll just say this. I did not agree with a lot of the policies of Barack Obama. And I 
I just didn't like that that direction. Okay, all right, fair enough. I could see Vladimir Putin not getting along with Obama. Putin not getting along with the globalist. Putin not getting along with the whole socialist new world order. And I observed that for a long time and thought, you know what? He's possibly a force of good in the earth with those type of values. You know, Antichrist really can't arise with those type of values. As long as there is nationalism and as long as there is a desire to enforce in your culture some sort of decency, which Vladimir Putin did to a degree with the Russian people, okay, with traditional marriage, being pro-life, putting back the Russian orthodoxy in the school. Granted, he didn't make room for everybody else that we are finding out. You know, I saw him to be a lot better than a lot of other world leaders out there. But now, look at him. It, it's, it's like it's over. I, uh, President Putin, he's aggressive. He's a dictator. He's got the nukes. I'm not prepared to call him insane. Not even close, not yet, but I mean the nukes. He's a dictator. He's, he's encroached upon another country. He wants the land. He wants the resources. He wants holy war, it seems like. Holy Russia restored. Right? And all of this, you know, it's a complicated deal. I'm sure he's looking at Ukraine. He's looking at the West. He's looking at NATO, and he's worried possibly that the West and NATO and all of that would arise against him. That's where a lot of this started, Ukraine uh, making talks about uh, moving into to NATO. Right? Yeah, then you had the deal um, in uh, 20, uh, like 2019. The Ukraine Orthodox Church revolted against the Russian Orthodox Church. And I, I guess Putin wants all that back. In the early 90s, when all the land was divided up, Putin feels like that's unfair. All, you know, all these things that uh, world leaders have fought wars over for centuries. You got all of that there. But, I mean, this is just, it's, it's barbaric. I've been watching the videos. I'm sure all of you that are listening, you have too. You remember that video when this first got going, that Russian tank that was driving down the street and a Ukrainian civilian was driving his, just his little four-door sedan and that Russian tank purposely turned and ran over that car with that man in it? I mean, you could hear the sound of the crush, the crush. I mean, I mean, I thought that, that that man's life ended right there, just boom, crushed by a tank in his car. But no, somehow that man survived. <laughs> Woo! I mean, over here in America, we have something we call country strong. It's real. Some of the smallest country boys can take down a six foot five, three hundred pound city guy. The country strong is real. And I'm starting to believe it. Ukrainian strong is real. How do you survive in your car with a tank rolling over the top of you? Man. But it's been horrible to see and horrible to watch, been horrible to read about. I, I don't know how much more of this I can take. But hospitals are being bombed. Hospitals. Uh, women in there are trying to bring their children in the world and having to evacuate because of the bombs. Sick children. Some of them are terminally ill. They have to leave a hospital because of these Russian bombs. This, 
That's evil. It's wrong. And I have a hard time even saying that because in the beginning, I went went to prayer that Wednesday night, and I said, God, what do I say? I got to say something. How should I feel? And God told me, this is what I got from God so far about all this. Who made you a judge in this situation? Is all of this your call? I said, Lord, it's not. It's not, probably because uh, as an American, we have no international security interest really in Ukraine or Russia. It's not my call. I have nothing to do with it. I don't have any close friends or any family or relatives over there. I don't have anybody you know, in, the, in those armies. I don't have anybody in those politics. How can it be my call? And then you know, God's got the end times and nations rising against nations and all the things that to, to set up this and that. It's... It's his judgment, not mine, okay? I can't judge that, but I, I, and war is war. War is hell, no matter how you look at it. But they're going after the kids. I mean, they blew up a, a, a Holocaust museum, for goodness sakes. I mean, this is just evil. And you look, two million refugees. That tells you how evil this is. You know, they're fighting and bombing where civilians live. It's not let's fight as army to army. Oh, no, it's army against civilians. The Russians captured Chernobyl. That should tell you something. They've got, as of this recording, hundreds held hostage. Cut off the electricity in that area. I mean, you can almost just smell the nuclear warfare that could possibly come out of this. Uh, Putin in the past, his military tactics, he has a scorched earth uh, reputation. I guess it's his goal to level Ukraine to the ground. It's like he wants to force peace on his terms. But like many other opinionist about this they're looking at this situation and they're asking the question does russia does putin have enough troops to occupy ukraine do they got the manpower to take up residency there maybe they do but only for a short victory they may not be able to keep it it may look it may look big they may look like they're encroaching may look like they're advancing but can they keep it that's the question you know what will happen? We're seeing it now. Ukrainians are fiercely loyal to their country. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of those Ukrainians say enough is enough and they turn into their own form of terrorism and their own form of insurgency and they infiltrate Russia after all of this. I'm sure they can probably do it. Man. So enough of that. Those are just opinions. That's just me just saying whatever comes in my mind. Hope I don't get in trouble. Of course I won't. I'm just a podcast host. That's all this is. Is Putin the Antichrist? No. I don't think he is. You want to know why? Because one of the great prophecies about Antichrist is, in Revelation, the beast, who can make war against him? 
Meaning once the real beast, the real Antichrist arises, nobody will be able to stop him. He will just mow down nation after nation after nation after nation after nation after nation until all bow down to him. So is Putin the Antichrist? No. You know why? Because Ukraine can make war against him. That's right. Ukraine has, they have struck back. Ukraine strikes back. Sounds pretty catchy. I'm learning a lot of things from just observing and watching this conflict that's happening. If it were not for armed civilians, yes, guns, guns. I don't know if Ukraine would have had a chance. I don't think they would have. If it weren't for guns. Come on, Second Amendment people. Ukraine has shown the world just how powerful armed civilians really are. I mean, when the, when the invasion happened, these Ukraine, it's it's like it's like home alone. They stood up and said, "This is my house." I mean, have you seen these videos of these Ukrainians and their and their Molotov cocktails? I thought that was just something little anarchists did to just make a big scene. No, the, those weapons actually work. I saw Molotov cocktails take down Russian tanks. Man. I mean, the fight is in them. Oof. I like this. Um, I don't know a thing about his politics. I don't, I don't know anything about him. Uh, his name is, um, probably mispronounced his name, Alexei Goncharenko. I'm probably mispronouncing that. Apologies. He's a, he's a member of the Ukrainian parliament. Yeah, they they got him on there a lot on the new, on conservative news. You know what he's always got over his shoulder an AK forty seven, and he says it over and over. I'm ready to fight. We're ready to fight, and we won't surrender. A parliament member, man. I never heard of Zelensky until this war. Zelensky, the president of Ukraine. As far as I can tell, he's holding it together as best as possible, given the circumstances. But I'm not so sure I like the idea of dragging the whole world into this war. I'm not there yet. President Zelensky is making a lot of big demands. You know, the no-fly zone, all of that. In my opinion, that might be dumping gasoline on the fire. I don't know. You know, in the beginning of this, I said, I was thinking to myself, Zelensky, you should probably surrender. Look at this. And, and, the, and for the sake of world peace and, and your people, surrender. But and I know there's people up top making those kind of calls, but we got a problem with that. You know why? Because Ukraine wants to fight. How are you going to surrender when you've got fight inside of you? Man, I'm amazed at President Joe Biden. So far, he's shown a lot of restraint in the United States and NATO's involvement with this. It's quite shocking, to be honest with you. I've been praying, Lord, help Biden not to get us into war, but help him get us back to work. 
That's what I've been praying. No war. Get back to work. Right. Like I said, I'm a preacher. I believe in the separation of church and state. So I can't vocalize what I really feel about all of this. I like separation of church and state. You want to know why we're talking about Antichrist? As long as you have separation of church and state in a country, in a nation, Antichrist cannot arise in that country. Why? Because you read in Revelation, the beast and another beast come together. It's like an economic military power joining together with a religious power. And uh, (laughs) that ain't going to happen in America. Now, politics don't want the religious to tell the politicians what to do. And you know what? The religious don't want the politicians to talk to them about what religion should be like. It's a separate deal. So it's not going to arise here in America. And then I like it that way. So I'm not going to tell the president what to do. Chances are your civil authorities know things that you don't, and they make decisions based upon those things. Now, obviously, there's policy. Obviously, there's interests, things like that. You know, here in this country, in the Wild West, back in the old days of the Wild West, they would let men fight it out. I mean, to the death. And look, I get it. You know, those days have come and gone. And Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. But I know this, there's also a blessing in not getting involved or being a judge in matters that are not yours. And so I, I'm not sure what to think or what to pray or what to believe as far as uh, USA getting involved in this. I mean, we're going to have to see what happens. I've been trying to get prophetic insight into the future, and I'm not seeing much yet. In Jesus' name, I hope I do. I know this, there's a lot of people, including this administration, a lot of news networks, they would, of course, profit from this war. They would. I mean, nations profit from war if uh, those nations are in the business of war. (laughs) That's usually how it goes, right? But I don't know. I don't have any family that's in the military. Nobody really close to me that's in the military. But I'm not liking the idea right now of our boys, our men and women in, in the armed forces of this country having to brave the horrors of war right now. I'm not there yet, and I don't think I don't think a lot of us are. But man, we'll just pray and just hope, right? That's all we got to do. There's a lot of people uh, bringing this up in Bible prophecy. I've seen a lot of the Bible prophecy coming out, and talking. I love it, man. If you got an idea, talk about it. Put it out there. I, I'm open. I don't know anybody, any Bible prophecy teacher that agrees with me on 100% of what I teach. And I don't agree with anybody else. I mean, I mean even elders in my life, there, there's differences there, and we don't argue. And I would never, ever disrespect their teachings, ever. But I, there's basically what I see, three major ideas going on out there from uh, content creators, social media posts, even from the pulpits, what uh, preachers are bringing out there to the, to the, to the hearers. Some are saying this is the fulfillment of the raising of the bear. 
in the book of Daniel. Some are saying this is the beginnings of the Gog and Magog, or Magog war that Ezekiel foresaw. And uh, I, I'm not of those opinions. I'm more of the opinion of when Jesus said nation would rise against nation. That's what I see happening here. And I, you know what? I foresaw this back in uh, uh, December. Actually, I read it in my journal. A lot of these times God talks to me, I write it down, and I forget about it. I went back in my journal on December 31st, 2021. I wrote that the spirit of war is in the earth. Great nations who despise the existence of other nations shall encroach upon them. It's what I felt. It's what I saw. And it's happening right now. Nations that don't like other nations' existence. They want to bring them down. And that spirit of war is in the earth right now. It's happening. Putin, Russia, people that uh, agree with his party. Now, not all of Russia agrees with this war. Some are protesting very heavily about it. Man, goodness. Right? Uh, but Putin and his people, they do not agree with the existence of a much of the border of Ukraine. It's a nation rising against a nation, just like Jesus said would happen. So I don't think it's the raising of the bear that Daniel foresaw. You know, there was four great beasts that came out of the sea, and uh, one of those was a bear raised up on one side with uh, three ribs in its mouth. And how I've believed and taught it for a long time, and I've heard a lot of different opinions out there, I don't think that is modern Russia. I don't. I know Russia carries the, the emblem of a bear, but you know what a lot of nations do, a lot of states do, even here in America. I personally think that was the Medes and the Persians, that empire that was pictured in the spirit world as one. But one of those nations rose higher and overcame the other one, and that was the Persians. They rose higher in conquest than the Medes. And those three ribs in the mouth, those three ribs, those ribs represent fallen nations and a great death. That was uh, Media, Lydia, and Egypt. That's who the Persians took down. Uh, the Babylonians, yes, they were uh, brutal people, but, you know, they didn't really devour everybody that they could. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar uh, had this idea of illegal immigration. <laughs> he brought a lot of the Chaldean people into Israel and then took a lot of the people of Israel out of Israel and brought them into Babylonia. Uh, that's how you destroy a nation and really completely give it a new makeover is through illegal immigration i'm gonna just drop that right there so I, what do you think's going on here in america well i think it's satan trying to do everything he can to weaken a nation with uh, open borders and the flood of illegal immigrants that's why we've got laws legal immigration is a beautiful thing best thing for a country right i'll stop right there I'll stop right there because times are already hard enough, and I want to try to have as much, as good of a time as I can in podcasting. So uh, then you have the Gog and Magog war, people. Ezekiel thirty-eight through thirty-nine. I believe in the Gog and Magog war. It's real. It'll happen. Uh, it's not just some parable. It is a real war with real nations that's going to happen, and uh, it's connected to Bible prophecy. My idea about the Gog and Magog War is it will happen after the rapture 
the tribulation, and the thousand years of peace that you read about in Revelation 20. A lot of people are saying we're in it right now. Gog and Magog war precedes the tribulation, the rapture, and thousand years of peace and all of that. But look in Revelation, Revelation 20. Uh, it, it comes at, at the end, after all of that, Gog and Magog is mentioned, after the thousand years, right? And so, uh, I mean, look at the order of events. Ezekiel 37, what is it? The Valley of Dry Bones. You know what that is? A picture of the rapture, the resurrection People's soul and spirit reuniting with their dead body and arising out of the dust to live forever with the Lord, Messiah. So then after that, you have the Gog and Magog War. So I think Ezekiel's timeline of it and Revelation's timeline line up. You're going to have a rapture first. Then you'll have a judgment and all of that. Then you'll have a Gog and Magog War. So has the rapture happened yet? No. So can this be Gog and Magog going on right now? No. Okay, I rest my case. <laughs> All right, but uh, let's let's say uh, Gleason's wrong and everybody else is right. Okay, let's say this is Gog and Magog War. You look at the territories mentioned there in the Gog and Magog War. Meshach, Cush, Gomer, Magog, Persia, Put, Rosh, Torgama, Tubal. All of those great nations that are very close to Israel, that advance upon Israel and try to destroy Israel. You know who's not mentioned there? Just a side note, Syria. It's like Syria doesn't exist when this war happens. Um, and Syria is one of the great enemies of Israel. Uh, is Syria still standing? Yeah, it is. So is this Gog and Magog war? No, it's not. But uh, let's keep going and say that it is. <laughs> All right, enough's enough. I'm not going to refute this argument anymore. Okay. There are some ideas about these territories that are, the names that they were given back then, their names are a little different, but it's still the same territory and cities to this day. For instance, some say Meshek is the ancient name for Moscow. Certainly sounds like it. Meshek, Moscow. Mm. Kush is modern-day North Sudan in Egypt. I think everybody agrees with that. Every Bible map shows that. Gomer, is, the location of this is placed differently with different um, uh, scholars. But I'm of the opinion that Gomer is not Russia. Gomer is actually Ukraine. <laughs> I believe that. So uh, it may be true. If that's true, then Ukraine is going to prevail and still exist after this war in Jesus name in Jesus name you heard it right here Gomer's Ukraine and if and if Ukraine is in the Gog and Magog war Ukraine is going to survive this war with Russia okay how about that Magog or Magog I'm of the opinion that it's not Russia <laughs> I don't think it is I, I've believed this for years Magog is modern day Kazakhstan Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan, Armenia, those territories, okay? That's what I believe. You know, on the, in the east side of the Black Sea there, all right? Not northwest of it, I don't. Persia is modern-day Iran, 
Put is Libya. Rosh, here we go. I think Rosh is Russia. Rosh sounds like Russia, doesn't it? So, yeah, it's in the Bible. Rosh, that's probably Russia, one of the descendants of Japheth. Okay. And then Torgama and Tubal, that is now modern-day Turkey. And as they say in the Middle East, Sorda or Syria. That's what I think. All of those nations. So if you see all of those nations begin to unite, you will know that the Gog and Magog war is ready to commence. Uh, is Ukraine and Russia ready to unite? Make a big coalition in advance against Israel? Uh, no. So I, Gog and Magog people, no, you're wrong. You need to stop. Don't do it. Uh, cease. Get in agreement with uh, your podcast host, Justin. That's all I'm going to say about it. So, yeah, but you better believe it. The nations are rising against other nations. It's happening. It's fearful. It's terrifying. So people are are collapsing with these fearful sights. Their hearts are failing them for fear. But for us, Jesus said, when you see these things, don't worry about it. You won't lose a hair on your head. All the bald people, come on and shout. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, I'm low. I'm with you always during this time. That's right. He said, keep on looking up. Your redemption draws nigh. Don't look down at the turmoil and chaos. Look up. Look to the skies. Look to the clouds. He's going to come back on a cloudy day. Praise the Lord. I'll say this. Nations rise. Nations fall. Conquest has always been a part of the history of every country out there. Every country is founded in some form of bloodshed. It's there, even including here in the United States. Not a perfect nation. Some of our history is very barbaric. But what nations isn't? That's just what's been going on. Ever since Cain arose to Abel, that has just been the norm, the common denominator of mankind. It is violence. I'll say this, though. There is one nation that will never be taken down, and that is the nation, the kingdom of heaven. It'll never be invaded. It'll never be overthrown. That I can tell you. Believe me. So be a part of it. Repent of your sins. Be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of those sins. And be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost by the sign of speaking in other tongues. That is the beginning of your salvation. And then once you've got it, stay in it. Stay on that journey. Grow in the Lord. Grow in the Lord and be ready for his return. This episode is dedicated to the church in Ukraine. I'm Justin C. Gleason. Thanks for listening. God bless you.